Glory. You got a lot of talkers, but very few walkers. You got a lot of cheerleaders, you know, but not very many linebackers. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, people send me stuff every day, and I look at it, and I just don't feel the depth. It's like I, you think you're a big deal, you, you talk a big deal, and your ministry's got 5,000 supporters, but I don't feel any depth out of your bowels. I'm just, you know, the thing, all you, all you can do is you go deeper in God and the roots of David and the bright morning star, and your very bowels become the roots of David. You can literally see into eternity through your own spiritual stomach. And then when you look at ministers that are much, much more shallow in their waters, you're not being judgmental or critical. You're actually just praying for them. Moses is an intercessor. The apostolic is the intercess intercession nature of God the Father. It's the ox that plows. It's the ugliest work in the bowels of the hearts of the nations. True apostles get very little credit in 2019. Very little credit. Uh, mostly just very immature apostles that have a calling that haven't really even been commissioned are the ones with the big mega ministries. <laughs> you haven't really seen commissioned apostles yet on planet Earth. Not like what Paul and Barnabas walked in. These men who were set, ap set apart by name by the Holy Spirit shook the earth. Being set apart by name by the Holy Spirit and shaking cities and nations. A lot of people talking about shaking cities and nations, but very few walking it that have paid the price. What's the price? Self-sacrifice. Where you actually make it entirely about the Father in you doing the works, and you have no reputation, you have no name, you don't care about your life, you don't care about your popularity. I mean, that's the real price of just beginning to pay the price to walk in the hundredfold glory realm of God the Father. And that's what's going to come forth. I saw during that last song, when Penny's sitting here, I saw the bowels of the nations and I saw the roots of the nations become like a cylinder of glory going right up through people's hearts. And I saw it going through all hearts from below and all brains from above, which is Moses and Elijah, full spiritual stature of Christ. When Christ walked the earth at age 33, when he hit the mark of the high calling, at 32, he didn't hit it. At 31, he didn't hit it. At 30, he didn't hit it. At 33 years old, Jesus, the Messiah, hit the mark of the high calling. Oh, what? Yeah, Jesus grew. The Bible says Jesus grew. Luke chapter 2. Jesus grew in wisdom. And Jesus grew in favor. You grow in wisdom. You grow in favor internally until you hit that mark or hang around people that are going after that mark, the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. That's the only purpose for life on earth. There's no other meaning for life except going after the high calling, which is in the glory cloud that almost no Christians know anything about. We talk about the knowledge of the glory, and then it's like you begin walking in the glory, and you feel like an infant. Literally every degree of glory up Mount Zion, from evangelical to charismatic to glory to entering the cloud, learning the knowledge of the glory, walking in the glory, flying in the glory, signs, wonders, and miracles in the glory, the abilities of the glory, every single degree of increase of the Father and decrease of you, you have to relearn how to talk. 
That's why so few do this. You have to literally unlearn from the last degree, the lower degree that you just rose from the dead from. And even in your, if you're walking in tremendous power, I'm talking about dead-raising power. Do you know that Hebrews says the, ra- the resurrections of the dead and dead-raisings are elementary teachings? Hebrews says dead-raising's elementary, but that's been the pinnacle of the church, hasn't it? It has. And we honor David Hogan as a dead-raiser, and we honor his ministry. But I'm telling you, that's infancy in Christ. Infancy, according to the book of Hebrews, the resurrections of the dead, dead raisings, are infancy level Christianity. And then he says, we're going to move past dead raisings into training in righteousness. And that's the realm of learning about the ability of our Heavenly Father and becoming the sons of God. That's what the Bible says. Read the book of Hebrews. That's what it says. Wow. We have very much capped God to our limitations, even the limitations of the gifts. There's a realm that far surpasses all gifts. What's that realm? The realm of His love, called the Garden of Eden. And yet I will show you a way that transcends every other way. 1 Corinthians 12.31 Transcending every other way. Every path you could walk on in the heavens, every path you could walk on in the earth, every path, every ley line you could fly in, everything in existence in the universe, I will show you a way that transcends every way, every path, all movement, all words, all speech, all powers, all thrones. And you're telling me it's love? So obviously phileo love, human love, is not what he's talking about. I'm not talking about Mother Teresa love, God bless her. You know, and not talking about being nice. He's talking about the ruling and the reigning of the white throne judgment seat of Christ with a river of liquid glory that will restore all things, synchronizing all flesh through all brains with God's throne. Liquid love is the highest release of God the Father. In fact, nobody can withstand it. That's what separates the living from the dead. Love. Can you receive liquid love and be transformed by love? Can you be healed in your love? All healing is a healing in your love. Every sickness and disease is a satanic attack against your love. Always has been, always will be, until you're healed in your love, in your divine love, in your Father, God, Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, love in your heart in your soul, in your mind, in your strength, synchronized with the way that transcends every other way, the way of the Father's love. When you're walking in love, spiritual warfare has ended before it begins because love cannot be offended. Scripture says you can't offend love. Divine love cannot be because there's no self in love. There's no consciousness of self. There's no me in self. There's no self-awareness in love. Love is the the total encapsulation and baptism of the kingdom of heaven. And you're only conscious of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and the angels, and you're not aware of yourself anymore. That's what divine love is. That's what ecstasy is. Ecstasy is no longer being self-aware. Now, you go deeper into the spirit of ecstasy, you go deeper into love. 
and you begin to pour out your love, your divine love on everyone around you, and that's how you win in spiritual warfare. I look at people and they've been beat, beating themselves up, beating others up in spiritual warfare. We call it ground warfare, but most of it's second heavens warfare. You know how you win against principalities and powers and thrones and dominions? By drinking the cup of the new covenant. Jesus Christ has defeated every principality, power, throne, and dominion of every city in the world, of every nation and every government, every demonic government, every religious government. He's defeated it already at the cross. Your only job is to drink His victory. Try to get Christians to drink His victory. They'll put the cup down. That's the first temptation they do. They'll fight the cup. They'll mock the cup. Or they'll have a drink of the cup and then get puffed up in pride and think there's something because now they found the glory of God. Oh, you keep drinking. You keep drinking the cup of the new covenant in His blood. You keep remembering Him. You keep constantly having communion with Him. And your cup begins to overflow. And when your cup overflows, you keep drinking. We will drink this same exact cup that the Apostle Paul drank, that Barnabas drank, that John drank on Patmos to write the book of Revelation, the same cup of the new covenant for 2,000 years of the Holy Spirit's power and the Holy Spirit's glory. We will keep drinking this cup until there's no more enemies left of Christ in the universe, in the heavens and in the earth. That's why there's so much spiritual warfare against the drunken glory, against the new wine, against the freedom of the Son of God, because... It's the victory that he's already purchased and you're waking up to the absolute victory over everything that's in the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life by drinking his victorious cup. How do you drink? By faith. By faith. The Holy Spirit is received by believing upon the name of Jesus. That's what the Bible says. By grace through faith in the name of Jesus, these men and women are healed. That's what the Bible says. So your faith gets bigger to the point where you can see the river, you can feel the river, you know you're in the river, you're encapsulated in the river, the scales of your natural eyes fall off and you have your eyes of your heart, your spiritual eyes illuminated by His river and by His word and by His resurrection power and you begin to see the eternal realm and the natural realm and all of its delusion fades away. The natural realm is called the curse of the fall. We're washing away the natural realm with the glory realm and setting all human spirits free and resting tongues of fire, resting upon brains, is what causes your spirit to fulfill its destiny. God's words fulfilling your heart destiny. And what blocks your spiritual destiny of God the Father is every other word resting on your brain That's why you're transformed by the renewing of your brain. The word there in mind is brain, the flesh. You're transfigured by the renewing of the brain matter of your flesh. He was crucified where? At the place of the brain, Golgotha meaning skull in English. That's all that's left to do here. And drinking the new covenant puts the brain into submission to Christ in your spirit. (laughs) Christ is where? in you because we're in the new covenant the veil's been torn the separation between man and God is gone forever he died on the cross so now we're in union when we're in faith and we perfect our faith by knowing him intimately in the garden of our heart in the secret place in the stairway of heaven 
You know, we, we read about Jacob's ladder. Jacob's ladder is not outside you. Jacob laid down, put his head on the rock, and it was inside his heart. And he saw in the spirit what was taking place in his own heart. <laughs> we are so bewitched we think it's in the natural realm. It's not. It's in your heart. Christ is in your heart. And as your mind's renewed, the natural veil or the delusion of the natural dimension or the elements melt with fervent heat and you live in the eternal dimension while your body is still changing in the natural world. So that's actually the transfiguration of your mind when all of the natural world is being burnt away off of your spiritual world in Christ, the kingdom of heaven at hand. The kingdom of heaven comes out of your heart and manifests through your renewed mind and the more and more your eyes and your mind open up to it and yield to it, the more and more the natural dimension that's been robbing you goes away. It's all about awakening. And it's all about intimacy in the heart. And the more and more you're intimate in your heart, which is what? Getting healed in your love. <coughs> Getting healed. <coughs> have you ever talked to someone that had problems? They don't have very much love, do they? Because every problem every human being has is a problem in their love. If you don't have healing in your love, you can't be healthy mentally or physically. Simple as that. You'll never find one person on planet Earth that's ever lived that's been healthy mentally or physically who's been wounded in their love. That's all there is to it. Healing the love. What is heal healing your heart? <laughs> healing your spirit and healing your mind. To, to come into synchronicity with the love of the Father. The love of the Father is the glory of God. You know, we get mystical, we're like, we're in the glory now, but we're actually just learning how to love. The highway is love, and it's sacrificial, and people think, you know, maybe it'll just be this instant slot machine of finance, financial breakthrough. It'd actually be, though, they'll probably persecute you for a while, because the enemy doesn't want you to go deeper in love and deeper in the glory. You know, it's everything in the natural realm of the curse of the fall will try to pull you out of going deeper in the love realm of His glory. For those that are sealed in the Garden of Eden, that's what the temptations of the natural realm, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, is for your mind to say no to going deeper in the Father's love, in the Father's glory. That's all the enemy has. If you can just get rid of the lust and the pride and understand the strategies of the enemy to keep you from going deeper in love, to getting healed in your love, you can really put on spiritual blinders today and stop being distracted all the time by the same couple demons messing with you. They're called familiar spirits that tempt you in the areas of your weakness, which are only lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and pride of life. So you got education, you got science, you got business, love of money, you got sexual morality, you got idolatry, you got the sorcery and the immorality of Jezebel, and all of it trying to pull at your mind into the natural dimension, to connect your mind with cables and cords to something in the natural realm. And trust me, it don't matter what it is. I mean, there, I've seen people's minds attached to stuff so stupid, but it's the same whatever it takes to ensnare you. And then you come around these people that are ensnared into the natural dimension and you just snip and vine dress their minds and connect their minds to Christ 
in their spiritual stomachs so that out of their bellies can flow rivers of glory. And out of their belly will flow rivers and springs and waterfalls of the Garden of Eden and you heal their love because you've just connected their brain back to God, back to where the Father is in Eden. Jesus died on the cross to restore your souls, your brains, crucified at Skull Hill, Golgotha. He's restoring your brains back to the Garden of Eden. Not just your hearts. Oh, if you have it just in your heart, you'll have no rewards in heaven. Transfigured constantly by the renewing of your brains. That's the area where almost every Christian has missed it. Taking their brain to where their spirit is. I don't doubt your fire insurance. My God, the gifts of God are irrevocable. It's not, it's not that. I mean, we're doing okay in charismania and Pentecostalism. But as far as the perfection and the standard of the bar of heaven and sonship and walking in the Garden of Eden like Adam and Eve walked in, we need some renewing of our mind. <laughs> we need a revelation to what God the Father intends to do in this generation. I mean, we're really, honestly, falling short of the glory, of the standard of what the Father has available for every single one of us. We can go so much deeper. We can get our brains so much more strongly blood-covenanted to where through. Why is it a blood covenant? Because your brain goes through the blood of your heart into the glory in your spirit. And in your spirit, where? You're joined with the Lord. Anyone in the Lord is one spirit with the Lord joined in matrimony, in marriage covenant with God the Father. God the Father, John 4.24, is spirit. And you are a spirit that has a soul that lives in a body. Jesus died on the cross to restore your soul to God the Father in your spirit. And He's been so gracious to give us external visions, external signs and wonders, and all that stuff. And there's been a tremendous amount of that in the church age. But now He wants maturity. Maturity is knowing the Father in His fullness inside your own belly. Out of your belly flows the river of Eden, rivers of the Garden of Eden. And in the Garden of Eden is where you'll find God and where you'll begin to know God face to face inside the temple of the Holy Spirit, your human bodies. And that's how you'll be young at a hundred. That's how you'll walk on water. That's how you'll walk through walls. That's how you'll multiply, multiply fishes and loaves, multiply food, multiplication, signs, wonders, miracles galore, because your brain is repenting from the external realm, even the external realm of the glory, even the external realm of charismatic stuff, Pentecostal stuff, and all the come Holy Spirit external stuff, which is really infancy and Christ-level understanding, and it's returning the brain to the Father in you. Colossians 2.10, you're made full of the Father at spiritual rebirth. Now it's time to know the fullness of the Father inside your own spirit, and your spirit is in your belly, and out of your belly will flow the Father. And the more and more you repent of the natural realm into the Father's realm, the more you'll walk in His ability and be able to demonstrate the Father. And you'll have so much authority because your soul, your brain, is fully yielded to the Father. That's the issue. Submission to the Father. Not out in an external religious, because those people are murderers. I mean, I've tested those people a hundred thousand times. People that say they're submitted to Christ in an external Christ are usually submitted to an angel of light that deceives. Truth anyhow. But those whose brains are actually submitted to God the Father within their belly, out of their belly flowing God the Father's 
river of Revelation 22.1 that comes from the throne of God and the Lamb, where? That are in you. John 7.38 and Revelation 22, verse 1, put those together. The river proceeding from the throne out of your belly. So you need to know the Father on the throne in your belly. Amen. And those who submit their brains to the Father on the throne in their belly are the ones that know God. They're the ones whose lamps are full of oil. They're the wise virgins. They're the sheep. The ones that are external are the tares. That's the separation from the living and the dead. Anyone can come around a son of God and feel the external anointing, feel an external glory, feel and take some of that and perform miracles, signs, and wonders because it's raining the glory. It's raining the anointing. The issue is they don't know Him. They're not intimate with Him. They haven't sacrificed themselves to know them inside their own spiritual stomach. They're God-outside-minded. They're the accursed, and they're the Judas Iscariots, and they're the thieves that always rob the true sons and daughters of the living God. True than yeah, Judas Iscariot knew the anointing externally. He got the same stuff as the other eleven, and he went around healing the sick, driving out demons... What was the issue? He was not willing to sacrifice himself internally like the other 11 were to become the rivers of the temple of the Holy Spirit. And that's that's why he killed himself. The external religion of the bewitchment of Satan and his angels. That's what he chose 100% in his heart and became the son of perdition. This will separate the living from the dead in Christianity the wheat from the tares in all Christianity in every church in the world in every organization in every ministry in every full-time minister those who know them know God the Father intimately on the inside and those that just have an external anointing that they've actually stolen from the ones who know Him on the inside because we're the ones releasing it all out of our bellies they haven't paid the price for any internal purification the pure in heart see God where? constantly on the throne in their belly with the river of life. Do you understand what I'm saying to you today? This is the difference between the living and the dead, those who have purified their own hearts to become the new covenant temples of the river of life, and those that take the external river of life and use it for themselves and call themselves Christians, but are in fact false brethren and false ministers. So you have the vast majority of people with an external anointing that's been stolen from those who've been manifesting it out of their bellies. Stolen. Robbed. And and when you expose that their works are actually Judas Iscariot works, they will murder you 100% of the time. And that's why we're so persecuted. The transition now is that a lot of you will begin also manifesting out of your bellies the same stuff that the sons of God have been manifesting for a long time. And it will expose all the works of the stealing of the religious spirit in Christianity. And I mean, whole churches will just fold in a day because it's all based on the external realm of building on the shifting sands of soulish, external, carnal Christianity. Even come Holy Spirit Christianity will all be washed away because you'll know the Holy Spirit river out of your belly. You have the gate of God and you you determine now who gets the rain and who doesn't. I mean, shall they continue to steal from the sons of God and call it their anointing when they haven't paid the price for it? When there's no inward sanctification and it's just some external God-outside-minded stealing? I mean, this is truly life and death 
in Christianity that I'm talking to you about. This is the most important thing to God the Father, that you get your own river flowing out of your own belly and you stop robbing those that do. You're robbing their rewards. And it's okay to drink off of people when you're infants in Christ. That's the, so don't misunderstand me. Please keep receiving. But get your own river flowing. Get your own mind renewed. And sacrifice your own heart so that you don't go the way of Judas Iscariot. Amen. Walking with, with God. What he, he walked with God perfectly for three years and died and went to hell. Because he wasn't willing to transform internally. Just an external anointing. A come Holy Spirit anointing. Wow and still killed himself and went to hell. That's crazy, but it's the truth anyhow. <laughs> Until you sacrifice your, your heart, nothing in your whole Christian life is true. Until you get to know God the Father on the inside, in the secret place of your heart, in the stairway of heaven, in Jacob's ladder. It's a secret stairway. And unless you know him internally, you don't know him at all. And all your Christianity is a lie, and in fact, what you've experienced that's been the anointing and glory has been stolen from those that have been manifesting it from their own inside. Wow. Time to sanctify ourselves. Time to purify ourselves. Time to get right and repent in our own hearts. Time to get washed. Time to confess our sins one to another and be forgiven. Purify our hearts from all covetousness, all greed. It's the envy and strife towards one another that causes us to murder our brother, doesn't it? <laughs> we deal with that envy and strife stuff so much. And how do, you, how do you deal with it? Listen, friend, why are you at envy and strife against me when God the Father has given you the same Holy Spirit river out of your belly? And if they believe and they sincerely want it, it will spring up in their heart unto eternal life. But if they're just there to be thieves like Judas Iscariot, they'll get bitter, they'll gnash their teeth, they'll manifest you, they'll say, it's all God. You know, this ain't you, it's God. No, the wise virgins had their oil filling their whole, body, their whole body. That was their oil from their own intimacy of knowing the Holy Spirit internally in springs of the Garden of Eden. You can't steal that from the wise virgins. The foolish virgins have been stealing from the wise virgins for far, far too long. It's time for the wise virgins to separate themselves from the foolish so the foolish may become wise. And that's the disciplinarian nature of God the Father towards all your hearts and all your minds, that you may repent and be filled with fresh oil internally and know Him through your own spirit as wise virgins so in the coming years... You can be sealed inside the bridegroom's chamber and not go the way of Satan. In the name of Jesus Christ. We love you guys. Be blessed. We'll see you tomorrow. Amen.